Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have a special for you. My buddy, Kale interviewed me on his show, The Leadership Podcast, and brought some things out of me that normally I don't talk about when I'm being interviewed. I uh, thought I would share his episode with you so you can get a little bit more insight into my mind and also into his podcast and what he does. Check out the show. Let me know what you think. Drop it in the comments, send me a DM, would love your feedback, but sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Kale Hauser Leadership Secrets Podcast. Today, we host Joe Graham, sales consultant and host of the 150K Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kale Hauser Leadership Secrets Podcast. My name is Kale Hauser. Thank you so much for joining me today. As you may be aware, and as I have been advertising, I have another amazing guest today. Uh, his name is Joe Graham. He is the host of the 150K Podcast, as well as being a sales consultant. Mr. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. I very much appreciate it. Ever since our talk, uh, I guess it has been about a week or so ago, putting this on the books, I've been pretty excited to hear about you and what you've got going on. So thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoy. I'm really happy to be on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's fantastic, and and as well taking time out of your weekend. So I, I really do appreciate that. Um, I wanted to get kind of right into it because, as you're aware, I I focus a lot on small businesses and and business leadership and things of that nature. And a part of small business is imagine that sales. So this we'll get to your podcast here in a little bit. But I want to talk about this sales consultants because you brought something up in our initial meeting about you go in and train teams, build teams, like talk to us a little bit about that. Why would somebody want a, a sales consultant to come in and, and help them build a team or train their team? Sure. A lot of times people need a different voice to kind of reframe the same type of concept that maybe you've said a hundred times, but they're not hearing you. Kind of like, you know, I love analogies. Let me use like when I, my son played baseball, I have a limited knowledge. I could show him how to do it. But if a different dad told him a way to do it, he would listen to it more. So that's like step one. Step two, a lot of times you maybe don't have the ability to focus all your time on it. You're not like a two to three million dollar company yet. You're in that growing stage and you need someone to come in and help carry your team and take that load off for you. And then sometimes it's just you want someone with a little bit of a different expertise. Like I'm doing a training for a company right now, helping their what I would call setter, setting up the call or like pre-qualifying to take to a what we call a closer which I've done a bunch in the past. And since it's a unique skill set of how you do that, I've come in and I've trained their team how to walk through it. So it's just a different aspect. And I found I like group coaching more um, right. with businesses. For me, I will do, I do do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I charge a little bit more for it. So most of the time people are like, well, why, you know, so the group coaching kind of works good for me with that. And businesses seem to have a little bit more of a need, but that's kind of a nutshell version of it. Right, right. And I love that analogy because I think, every parent out there can relate to 
telling their child the same thing over and over and over and over, whether it be from expertise or whatever, but then, and the child completely ignores or doesn't yep. listen. But then that one stranger comes in and says, oh, you should do this. And the child's like, oh, you know, it's like yeah. this amazing Billy thing. Billy Scan is great. He said it. Yeah, I love that. Um, so why why sales training? Why did what led you to want to do this? Because you this is your business, right? You do this as part of Joe Graham, not necessarily a part of a larger company or corporation, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been in sales over sixteen years. I've had oh. people ask me for help. I've won all the awards. I've done all the different things. I'm really good at it. And people kept asking me and kept asking me for help. I found like about a year, year and a half ago, I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe I should do something like this to help people. And, you know, I can make right. some money off, which is great, but mostly it's just to help people. It also led to the podcast, which we talk about later on. Right. And I just found that I love teaching. Like, even looking back through my sales career, even though I was always the top guy, I was always helping people, always showing them different ways to do it. So it's just like a natural extension. And just for, like, building a business, building a dream and all, if you can stay in your niche, I think Andy Frisella talks about this and other sales leaders or business leaders, stay in your niche and just keep building from there. That's kind of where I came with the podcast, with the sales coaching. I still have a day job where I do sales for a corporate company and I crush that. So oh, it just cool. all flows together. Nice, nice. Now, is there, as you go out and whether clients are coming to you or you're looking for clients, is there a particular, you talked about niche, is there a particular focus area or type of sales or industry that you really enjoy working with or you found success with? Um, not a industry per se, but still that like say 100,000 to $1.2 million company range because they're in that position to where typically they don't have a sales manager yet. They might right. need what we would call a fractional sales manager. So I could come in and help for a period, help their team get to that next level or they're just learning and they're, they're not to the point where they can hire someone for full time, but they need the help. That's kind of the niche I found. Um, and I do a lot through referrals. Like referrals right. for me cool. are like key. I get a sale, I take care of the client, I take them on the awesome customer journey, they refer me to their friends. And that's the secret that a lot of people don't realize. You don't have to market yeah. and advertise as much. I'm not against marketing and advertising, I do it, don't take that wrong. But right. if you can get into that referral flow, it's golden. Yeah, absolutely. Then it, that that snowball and wheel just keeps essentially going forever as long as you just keep delivering. That's that's pretty cool. Um, I want to talk about or ask you about the mindset of the business owner. So you you know let's let's paint this scenario of you know I've got like you said probably a, let's just call it a two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand dollar business in in revenue, and I'm going man. It's getting a little much for me, myself, Kale, to be doing all the outbound calls and taking all the inbound calls. And, you know, maybe I'm looking to hire a sales person or a sales team. What are some things I, as the business owner, should be thinking about as I'm a, looking to take this next step and, and elevate my business in that sense from a sales sure. perspective? Yeah. Well, the first thing would be, do I want to hire people that I'm in charge of or do I want to hire a team to sell for me? At that range, you can do either or. Some people right. like to have more control, so they want to hire their team, so then you need someone like me to come in and help maybe train or tweak them because as a business right. owner, you understand your product, but maybe you're not as good at showing someone else how to sell it because it's yeah. just so natural to you, so that's where I would come in. Or it might be you just want to outsource it to – there's a bunch of different great companies I know that will do sales for you. You give them the product, the service, what you want, and they'll carry you to the next level. It's just decide which avenue works best for you. Right. So is that based on personality? Is that based on my business model and goals? Like, 
Is there, is there a, I don't know if a deciding or key factor is the right word, but is there something that as a business owner is looking these different directions that they should be thinking about? Um, it depends on the business owner. And a lot of it okay. comes on how much do you want to trust people with your stuff. If you have a super <laughs> right. something, you <laughs> might not want to give your information to a different sales organization True. to sell for you. You just might want to bring someone like me who's not selling your stuff. I'm just going to empower your people to do it. Um, and then sometimes, you know, it depends on, you know, cost versus value because to hire a sales team, they're taking a piece of every part of your sale. That's what yeah. they do. That's how they get paid. You hire yeah. me, I might cost you a bit more up front, but once I train your team and they go, you're getting paid continuously over and over again, but you're not having to pay me again because you paid me to train them not to right. sell for you. So again, right. it's different models. Um, both work. A lot of it just, again, depends on how much time and effort you want and how much profit you want back. Yeah, and I think a key part of that too is a lot of, especially young entrepreneurs and young business owners, they're good at what they do because they're passionate. They know it, they live it. You know, this is, this is what I do. This is why I created this business. But when it comes to showing somebody else how to do that or trying to instill, right? We, we all have that when we have things that we're really good at and mm -hmm. we have that little bit of a pride and no one else can do it as good as us, which is a very common small business owner mentality. Yes, yes. Yeah, to be able to have somebody like you to come in and just recognize like, okay, I know I'm good because I'm, you know, a quote unquote natural at it just because, you know, my passion comes through or whatever that is for that business owner. But to be able to impart that and, and have somebody come in like you who approaches it more what I'm imagining as a, um, a technical aspect of sales training not so much hey i just i love this lamp i love lamps i've always loved lamps so i you know i'm just passionate about selling lamps well no there's a process for selling lamps yeah. to people or furniture whatever that is yeah yeah, yeah i come in cool. and help them take it to the next step so i'll be like you know kale i know you're very passionate about what you're doing you've gotten to you know two hundred fifty thousand a year great what i can do is take a team and scale that to where you can double your revenue without you having to do more work yeah, yeah. that's, that's Which, the key which is like a no-brainer, right? If we could just get out of our own way and realize like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, the money is a thing, but as with anything, it's an investment in your business, right? And and it sets you up. And I, I love that because I hadn't thought about that perspective before of you're a one-off expense. You know, you're yep. you're not the, the ongoing subscription service or anything of that nature. You're an investment in a business, tax deductible, by the way, for that business yep. owner. And you, you provide them with all these knowledge and skills. Uh, but I would imagine you're also on hand, you know, if they run into, you know, future issues and things like that. So that's, that's pretty yeah. good. And, and yeah. I just negotiate with them. What do you want? Do you make come in and just do a one-time training? Is this like for a quarter, right. six-month period where I'm just going to walk you through and you get so many sessions for me? Whatever they need, that's kind of what I do. And then just with the, like the, I call them the lone wolves that really want to build their business. I'm like, yeah. look. I know I can't just get one guy to do what you do, but if I get four guys and they do twice what you do, of course, they're not as good as you as this product. You know, you stroke their ego a little bit, make them feel good. Right. But <laughs> yeah. you get four guys that are at least 50% to 75% as good as you are, you're making yeah. more money, and now you can go and do the other things that you need to do as a business owner because you don't just right. do sales. And it just reframes right. them, helps them grow, and then once they start seeing it happen, they're sold. In the very beginning, they're a little bit worried because, like, is this really going to work? Because, you know, when you invest in someone, it's a little bit scary. But once they start seeing the sales come in and going up and there are people starting to get it, it changes the dynamic, and then they're sold right. and they're happy.
Right. And I think it's such an interesting um, mentality of most business owners, they recognize their weaknesses and they recognize where they need to supplement those like, oh, you know, I'm getting to the point, I need to hire a full-time accountant or, you know, a bookkeeper, or I need to hire a full-time operations person or logistics person because one, either I don't like doing those things or I'm just not good at it. But sales, we always have because it's such a common thing in our society and, and movies romanticize it and all this and everyone just thinks like, oh yeah, you know, we can just do this when like, no, it's still a, a very technical skill that, that can absolutely be learned and, and taught. So that's, that's pretty cool that you're stepping in to fill that gap. Um, but I would imagine too, it's a little bit of overcoming that, um, mm -hmm. that kind of mentality and yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and I just, it's just reframing it in their head. Look, you want to scale. You only have so much time, Kale. You can't right. sell or touch as many people as if I had a team of four, a team of 10, a team of 20, whatever you want to hire to do this. Even if they're a quarter of as good as you, like it's that same thing. You just go right back to the same process, and then they realize that that consistency, and they make some more money, and then they're good. Right. But yeah, it is hard yeah. for them sometimes. Yeah. And I want to ask, and I don't want to go too off topic, but so we've talked about from the perspective of the business owner that's ready to grow and ready to take that step and and hire salespeople or whatever that looks for them to increase the revenue. What makes a good salesman or saleswoman, right, salesperson on the other end as you're, you know, coming in to teach a team, build a team, help them source a team? What what are you looking for in that type of person? Uh, there's four things, but for me, and this is 100% true, I'm the opposite of Wolf of Wall Street, relationships, okay. algorithms, relationships to me matter more than anything else. So they have to be moral, okay. ethical, and care about their customers. You do that to begin with. Human connection is such a lack in this computer age. This puts you apart and sets you in a different level if you're human mm -hmm. and you're thinking about them. Two, they have to be able to listen to the customer, not just pitch, because if you're talking more than the customer, you're losing. Three, they have to be willing to go through the crap the process is the time it takes to build because when you're a new salesperson, it takes you three to six months to build your pipeline, to build your stuff. And I explained this to the owners too. In the beginning, it might not look like it's working, but they're building the pipeline. They're establishing the relationships. And four, they just have to stay the course because the process is the process. You need to make the phone calls. You need to do the emails. You need to do the social media posts, whatever system you're in. The problem is, is that everyone wants that quick, get quick, right, yeah. rich thing. And yeah. I teach get rich forever like because if you follow these processes it's like any system like a machine it's the same thing these processes work you just have to do them time and time again and then the last thing is you're the secret sauce are you developing yourself i want sales professionals men women whatever that are listening to podcasts reading books growing going to events because i know they're trying to get better because if you get better again you're the secret people buy because they like know and trust you then the product comes right. in so right. that would be a yeah, I mean, that's one, two, three, four, boom, right? And it's it's not that cosmic of a thing. It's not like you're saying you got to be a, you know, a tough mutter or a Spartan race winner and all, you know, do all these crazy things. It's no, it's kind of self-interest, self-development and, and all those types of things. I love that. And the time factor, because we can all think of so many get rich quick type of things. And I love that, you know, the get rich or not the get rich forever, get rich forever. mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. I'll take that all day every day over get rich quick you know just thinking about the the what the billion dollar mega millions we just had not too long ago you know what's the over under of that person being 70 percent of the wealthy. people that win the lottery will be broke in five years because they yeah. don't understand how to use the money that they've gotten right. and they haven't leveled up the financial literacy 
So, right. yeah. and it's taken me 15 years to get to this point where I'm like considered a success. So there you go. 15 years overnight. of learning, growing, it's overnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always. It's always overnight. Like, oh man, you're just a natural at this and blah, 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 blah. Like, no, you put in the work, put in the time, the study, the, the resources and finances. Yeah. Yeah. I bet if you went back over those 15 years and just calculated how much, just money, not including time, how much money you've invested in yourself, uh, it, it would be you'd look like like oh man that's that's a good chunk it's like, of chunk it's like a college degree but right. i actually get something for it yeah <laughs> Sorry, yeah that's my little joke yeah. i actually get no, something for this skill set 100% and you can print out your own little little certificate yeah. to put out on the you know on the wall i love it so let's talk about your your podcast cuz first of all i love right 150k podcast i love it it's very attractive and i like the title of it but I love that you advertise and you live up to it being a practical application of these type of skills, practical tips, practical advice, because I, I try to do the same thing with this podcast is not get into so much like, oh, you need to be, you know, all these kind of fancy terms and things and transformation. Like, no, you need to actually talk to your people and remember their name and, you know, shake hands and look people in the eye, you know, very practical yeah. stuff. Why the 150K podcast? What made you want to do that? Why do you continue to do that? Talk to us about the 150K podcast. Sure. It, it's kind of funny. So like we were talking about the overnight success, right? right. About six years ago, I was in a dead-end job. I was on food stamps doing two jobs. So I was doing Uber, doing this job, doing everything I could to provide for my family. And I just – this is after I had done really, really good in sales, and then the job that I was doing went away. wasn't there anymore, so I had to rebuild myself. It was just one of those things. Life happens. Yeah. And then I just started – I switched to a new role, and I started hitting 100K, and I took my family to Disney. Then I took my wife to Hawaii. Then I took the family to Hawaii, and I'm like, I was hitting 150K, then 200K. I was just building it up, you know, building up right. over time. And I was like, well, what if other dads – could do this because when I think about it, you know, you have that avatar in your head. I think about other dads. Well, I enjoyed right. taking my family to get to do that, and I did a little research. At 100K, you're in the top 30% of income earners in the world. At 150K, you're in the top 10%. At 200,000, you're in the top 5%. If you get to 150K, you can actually start dreaming. I call it step right. one. So it's yeah. not the Lambos yet and all the big multimillionaire thing. <laughs> right. You had 150K. Like last year, I went to Montana twice. I went to Hawaii twice. So I got right. went on four trips, did a bunch of fun things, and I made around 200000 So it's a yeah. simple thing that if you do these steps, you can get there. And then I have a great network of friends that are brought in. So I have like big-time speakers. People would think of like Tony Watley, George Bryant. I just yeah. interviewed Matt. Uh, Vincent, and then I have other people that are more practical niche in their skill set um, and just different ways that you can break the 100K barrier so you can start building your dream. Because if you have the pressure of, you know, bills and stuff, you may have a dream, but it's hard to do. But once you get above 100K, normally, as long as you're good with your money and start doing stuff, you can start building your dreams and doing the things you love. So that was yeah. the idea behind it. We just dropped episode 87 last week. Cool. Congratulations. Thank you. So. I'm getting the impression you're not using your podcast to tell people to take that 150k and go buy Powerball tickets. Like that's no, that's no, kind of no. not quite, no. <laughs> quite the concept of it. No, not it. at all. I, love no. I mean, I I play around like I have little fun money, but I don't do it with Powerball. I might play poker with the right. boys for like 40 bucks or something, but that's like yeah, my big yeah. risk. It's not like yeah. I'm just randomly getting. I'm not into the lottery. That's not my thing. Right. Right. Now, you said eight, 86 episodes, right? Is what you said? Uh, 87 so far. I have 90 87. some recorded, but yeah. Cool. 
Cool. Yeah, that's pretty legit. That's uh, because I think a lot of podcasters don't make it to that level. You know, yeah. they they get started and they, oh, no one's listening to me or they literally run because they they wanted to podcast about one topic and they run out of out of steam on that one thing. So congratulations on that. That's Thank pretty you. legit. That's a good accomplishment and dedication that kind of well, it shows your mentality really of you commit to things and, and you, you go your success is based on your determination and not necessarily on your overnight, you know, results yeah. type stuff. Well, I, I talk a lot about getting 1% better every day. And you mentioned yeah. the podcast thing. If you make it to 15, you're in the top 5% of podcasters because most people stop really? at eight. Yeah. So really? 15 is like a threshold. Most are eight. If they barely get to 15 and then it just goes from there. Yeah. yeah. Like I looked up on, I think it's 1-800 or like one of the podcast things I'm like in the top 5%. But it's not like I'm cool. blowing it out of the water. My average podcast gets 50 to 100 listeners. Right. I have no problem right. saying it, but I'm helping 50 to 100 people. That's great. I'm not getting yeah. a thousand downloads per episode, but maybe one right. day. But like you right. said, it's a long game. It's just building it over time and having it grow and do what it needs to do. Yeah, but 50 times 86 or 87, I mean, that's that's helping people. That's Even if it's just that one episode, That's I, I try to keep that same thing in, in my mind, too, of – yeah, you know, this this one episode may only have gotten, you know, 10 or 20 vid videos, but that's mm -hmm. 10 or 20 people that I just physically can't get in front of. And, and if I've had the opportunity to help them, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. And I what if it. it's the one thing they need to hear that launches their business, their dream, yeah. their thing to help their family? You just were a part of it. That's I, I'm with you on it. That's how I mean. If yeah. it was 10 people each episode, but it was impacting lives, you don't know right. what you impact of those 10 lives and goes out. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and that I think really speaks to your heart too and your intent. So thank you for being that type of person that does it for the service of others and not just to, you know, oh, I listen to my, I put myself to sleep with my own podcast every night because I love my own voice. <laughs> yeah, I am not that guy. I, I like right. helping people, but I'm not the guy that wants to just be like, look at me. I don't know. Right, right, right. Now, thinking back, 87 episodes, 90 plus recorded, is there something that you maybe a highlight a, a one or two maybe three key things from past episodes or even maybe a preview of an upcoming episode that you have want to share in a snippet of like man this was like so impactful you need to go check out when i interviewed you know mm -hmm. mr x uh three people come to mind so i work with a gentleman named george bryant he's my mentor he's my coach okay. i work with him his episode was probably the longest one we've done but it was all about relationship and customer journey, what to do after mm. you get the sale. Because a lot of times people will get into sales and they get the sale, but they don't take care of the customer and they go out the back end and they're not good. That episode was impactful. Um, I yeah. believe Brian Bogart, this is more of an impact issue, um, talks about trauma, how you're not responsible for it, but how you respond to it, you're responsible for and just dealing with that, yeah. which is great. Um, and then I had Tony Watley on talking about Side Hustle Millionaire. Um, mm. He's taken two businesses when he was having a day job he took two businesses to a million or more and sold them now he does his own thing but just the grit the tenacity but it's not the grind like you think it's a different process all three right. of those episodes are good i love all my episodes all my people i vet people a lot i know it's nice. something i don't just let people on my show i'm like very particular of are they going to bring impact and are they not going to just try and tell my audience? So like when I tell right. people from the go, I don't care if they, I want them to come see you, but this is not a pitch fest. If you're a pitch fest, you're not going to be my show because right. I hate pitch right. festes. I know a sales guy said he hates pitch fest, but I, it, it's true. I like helping people. I think sales is problem solving, helping people right. meet their needs, not buy my product today. Right, right, which is, which is an – 
I don't know if opposite's the right word, but it's it's different from the influencer mentality of, you know, hey, get in front of their audience because they've got, you know, 2.7 million subscribers and they mm -hmm. want to earn 10% on pitching your product or whatever yeah. the kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's that's not what we're all well, about. It's, it's <laughs> transactional, transactional versus yeah. relationship. And you can't go beat people on with but you can niche and you can serve your client and help them and build a community and beat people on that every day right. of the week. Because someone always will have more money or maybe more resources, but they don't have you and they don't have the impact you can bring. And then you right. get into that referral thing and it slides out. You don't have to, you know, hit a 400,000 people to get 10% return. You can touch 1,000 right. people and get 60 to 70% because you've impacted them. All day, every day. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. Um, now I ask all my guests this is because you've been in, whether it be in your, you know, your job that you do your full-time career, or as you go into these other businesses and you've observed these different mentalities, what has been your interpretation of the difference between, in a business sense, a manager and a leader in, in business? The biggest key, and it's funny, everything I talk about goes back to this, how they treat their people, the relationships they have with it. Most managers I know follow the rules, follow the book. They do what the book says. They right. manage the resources, and they look at people like resources. True leaders are in there with you. They're demonstrating with you how to do it, but they're also there for you if you need help. Not that's your responsibility to follow the SOP. They're, you know, they're taking care of their people. They're investing time in them. They're growing in becoming better leaders themselves. They have mentors, people that can speak into their lives. Sometimes managers get stuck in that spot and this is my title, this is my job. A leader doesn't care about the title, they care about the impact and what the, the group can do. Right, yeah, I love that, yeah. And I really like that perspective of one is kind of, you do what needs to get done as the leader and, and make things happen versus the other is, well, this is the book that tells me what I can and can't do, right? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. really good. Cool, well, hey, um, I know there are people that are listening to this right now that are going, man, that Joe guy seems to have it kind of together, like kind of really has knows what's up. How do people get into your world if they want to learn more about you? Uh, where can they find your podcast? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you if they want to reach out? Sure. And I keep everything simple because it just works for me. So my podcast is called the 150K Podcast. And it's the number 150K Podcast. Don't try and type 150K because you won't find me. <laughs> right. um, that's on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to a podcast. On Instagram, cool. I have the 150K and it's 150K Podcast. Again, the number 150K Podcast. I have a group on Facebook. If you put in 150K Podcast, that's me there. You can also find me under my name, but the podcast is easier because Joe Graham is a pretty common name. So right, right. those are the easiest spots. I'm also on LinkedIn under Joseph Graham, I believe. But I play a lot in Instagram, um, a lot on Facebook in my group, and then, of course, the podcast. Cool. Yeah. And all the links to those various accounts and the podcast will be in the description of wherever you're listening or watching this. So make sure you uh, start following Joe and, and keep in, in his world because I think he's got some pretty amazing things coming. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been pretty, le pretty legit to hear your perspectives on somebody that may be at this point in their journey of, of needing somebody like you. So, so thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, I've really appreciated it. Is there Anything that you've got coming up that maybe you want to get out to to the audience and say, hey, make sure you you see this coming up, or what have you got coming up soon? Um, I'm just I, again, I'm a simple guy, so I don't have like any big project coming up. 
Um, If you want help, feel free to reach out. I answer all my DMs. I'm that guy. I'm not outsourcing this. It's not like someone's going to get back to you and you're like, this was not the person. That's the person. So I'm there. Um, I do help one-on-one if you need help one-on-one or business-wise. I my goal is just to help people reach their dreams, get to step one, like I call it, in the 100K area so that you can start building what you want. Um, yeah, I just love to help people. So if you want to reach out, feel free, and uh, we'll jam. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that. All right. Well, thank you, Joe, again. I really appreciated getting a chance to talk to you and, and hear your perspective on specifically the sales aspect of things. And congratulations again on the success of your podcast. That's pretty legit. Uh, I can't wait to hear some of your upcoming that you've got in the pipe that have, haven't quite released yet. So that should be pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining the Kale Hauser Leadership Secrets Podcast. I've been Kale Hauser. This is Mr. Joe Grant. Make sure you reach out to him and get in contact with him. Minimum, start listening to his podcast if you are not already because uh, there's a lot of things that you can learn from it and his guests that he's had. Have a fantastic afternoon, no matter where you're at in the world. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.